All right. <laughs> okay. Now, go ahead and have a seat. I want to catch it before the din starts to rise. You know how that goes with the noise and everything else. Thank you for staying. We have two people with microphones. They'll be going around, and I'll be calling on you as, as we go. Many of you, I might not know your names, but we'll, we can do this easily. So who has a question? Go ahead, Chris. Say your name, please. Uh, Chris Rohr. Um, Ken White, it is a, indeed an honor and a privilege to have you with us, and welcome to Bellevue. And uh, it's been a blessing. Thank you so much. You know, it's kind of hard to ask a geopolitical question in light of the troubles of the church and your appeal to have the church, the people of God, uh, come to the aid of the people of God, the, the believers uh, in Baghdad and in Israel. And so that certainly has to be a priority, I'm sure. Um, but the geopolitical question, you know, for those of us in, a, in America that are concerned uh, in the U.S., that are concerned about how we as a as a nation or a culture are responding, it begs a couple questions. And one would be, how would you assess the role of the West, or the US in particular, over the last 10 or, 10 or 20 years in the Middle East? And how would you see what we should be doing going forward, given the circumstances that we're witnessing in, in the Middle East with the, with the rise of ISIS? Uh, certainly, Israel's a big part of that equation. but. Um, but I would be curious how you would see how the U.S. should be responding and maybe how we've performed in, in recent history. You've got an election coming up, haven't you? Yes, we do. That's how you should respond. <laughs> we can't deny that things are the worst they have ever been. And the response of the U.S. is terrible. The reason we had this war now is because you left us too soon. I said then, in three years' time, we are going to have terrible terrorism. And we've got it. You can pretend you're coming back, but the only reason we've got this is because you left us. It's a sad reality. You and the British and the coalition came in. You had to see the job through. Go ahead, who's next? We've got two going down that way. And, and uh, yeah, go ahead, the, the first one. Hi, my name's Lodi. Um, we've, in the media here, just relatively uh, new learned of ISIS. What, what's the background from your perspective? And then uh, that you could share with us, and then also, what is a typical day for you living in those conditions? Walk us through your day, if you would. ISIS was 
a direct result of the terrible Maliki government, and they sidelined the Sunni community. And if people lose a lot, they are likely to fall to terrorism. Every terrorist has lost something. And the Sunni community lost their control, their influence, and their power. If you lose power, you're likely to try and show that you have still got power. How can you do that? By developing a terrorist activity. So it's very sad. What was the other part of the question? What your day looks like. What does our day look like? Well, it varies very considerably because there are major different aspects. There's all of our church work, our clinic work, our school work, our relief work, and then there's a major part of our work which is reconciliation working with the Sunni, Shia, Yazidi, Mandian religious leaders, bringing them together to work on peacemaking with the political leaders as well. So we're involved in everything. Healthcare, education, relief, reconciliation, and worship at the Almighty. So every aspect of every day is divided between all those things. And another major thing, which I haven't really spoken about, is apart from the church, I also look after the spiritual welfare of the embassies, not least the American embassy. We used to have a congregation of about 150 now it's gone down to about 12 because everybody's left us because it's got dangerous and most of the embassy staff have been bored out. But God is still there. <laughs> we had one at the back to the left there. Go ahead. Next. Give us your name and thank you. Okay, this Denise Syvertson. Hi, Denise. This is probably a very predictable question, but how, how does this end? And my second question is, um, I must get my second question. <laughs> How does it end? God knows. I don't know. If you'd asked me a few years ago, I would have told you. Now I don't know. 
what we are seeing is what our Lord told us we would see at the end. It is really awful. But we know that when things are bad, soon he'll be back. How does this end? I do know. It ends when Jesus comes back. Next question. If we have a problem, I can go ahead and translate that. Well, I've got to catch it, too. Um, so, my name is Zach Rogers, and I, I get these um, information from time to time from sources that are not, in, not, I don't know if they're credible or not, um, but they sure seem to be, like missionaries that are, you know, fleeing with their, you know, congregants and stuff, and, and ISIS, um, you know, targeting uh, Christian households and, and beheading their children um, if they don't deny their faith and uh, people being crucified and left in public display in places as well. This isn't stuff that our Western media, if it's happening at the level that it is, this isn't something our Western media picks up on or surely shares with us in any way. And it's so I guess my question is, is this stuff, this, is this happening? It's real. It's real. It's terrible. It's too terrible to even tell. Too terrible to show. When I've I have a daily blog and I put a few pictures of what's going on and I always get objections from the Christians oh this can't really be happening is this real all of one of our families was killed the other day a few weeks ago and there they were all dead with their Bible out. And people were so horrible. And they told me, oh, we know this isn't real. They're all prostitutes. When the church goes wrong, it goes really wrong. Don't go wrong. That makes me want to ask a question, which is, uh, we're rich, we can give. What else? Look, all we need is two things. We need your prayer and your money. <laughs> That's all. And your prayer, we need you to pray four Ps for our protection, for our provision, so that we have, so that we can give and survive. We need you to pray for our perseverance. And we need you to pray for peace. 
So, protection, provision, perseverance, and peace. Okay, go ahead. We've got one up here, Adam, when you're ready. Yeah, actually, go ahead. Hi, uh, I'm visiting today. My name is John Carlson from Bellevue. Nice and, to have you, John. Uh, it's a great honor to, uh, to meet you and, and to hear you, uh, Reverend White. Just two quick questions. The first is, in terms of context, how many Christians were in Iraq 10 years ago and how many are, here, are left? And the second is, you've told us what our government did wrong, and I completely agree with you. You've told us what we can do as citizens, vote. Tell us what our government can do right to reverse this awful turn of events. very difficult because it thinks it can solve the problem from the air it can't you can only solve the issue on the ground it hurts if they would have people on the ground it would hurt your people and our people if they're to have people in the air, it's no real solution. Our innocent people are being killed in these targets. It's very difficult. What can your government do right to repair what we, Britain and America, have done wrong? Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Or be prepared to have people on the ground. see anything he asked another question which was how many Christians were there 10 years ago say and how many do you think are left at this point? well 10 years ago I'd rather say 11 years ago there are 1.5 million now we have 300,000 left do you know there are more Iraqi Christians in Chicago than in Iraq. In that cold, windy city. <laughs> and, and I might want to, I'd like to point out that 300,000 number is one that's been reported since yes. well before the latest ISIS, what's happening. So they are the people is, who've fled from Mosul and Nineveh okay. and are now living as internally displaced people. Okay. Okay. 
Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, hi, I'm Kevin. Uh, has social media been helpful at all? And if not, can it be? And if it can, how? By social media, do you mean Facebook and co? Yes. 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 Well, Facebook has been very helpful to me because whenever I have a need for prayer, I put it there. God answers it that day. I'm going to ask you to interrupt. What's your, what is your Facebook thing so you can write this down? I've friended him already. Just look for Canon Andrew White. It shows up and you can Facebook him. Yeah, there's no more friend spaces, but there's a public figure page right. called Canon Andrew White. So it has been helpful. Is there anything in particular that we could be doing on Facebook that would be more helpful? Just praying for us and helping us. And that is what happens. Prayer and help. is on medical. Um, I noticed in your video there that you had a wonderful clinic. Um, could you run us through a day in the life of an Iraqi as far as getting medical help is concerned? How are the hospitals there? Um, is there an understaffing in your clinic right now? Um, is, it Ooh, is it too dangerous for doctors without borders? Bring it up. Okay, is it too dangerous for doctors without borders to come into your, to um, Iraq? And um, what sort of staffing do you need in order to make your wonderful clinic their work right now? Well, the wonderful thing is that the medical um, staff in Iraq are very well trained. The bad news is so many of them have left. They have fled. And generally, it's too dangerous for people to come in. But our clinic has everybody. We have doctors, dentists, cardiologists, pediatricians, obstetricians and gynecologists. We have a pharmacy, a laboratory, a dental clinic. It's brilliant. It's really good. And it's all under one roof. And it's all free. It's better than here. <laughs> so much of my work, of our relief, has had to go to pay for Iraqis who are now in America, who have a tooth abscess and need a dentist, or need to go and see a doctor. And they've got nothing. They get support when they come here for eight months, and then they have nothing. You could help Iraq here. It's not good, it's bad. Then we have some way of helping. Yeah. Uh, my name is Ron, and... Uh, it's, I, it's really great to hear from you this morning. I just want to say that. Um, uh, my question has to do with perspective. And uh, 
I, I use Facebook myself in a way that lots of people don't. Are you my friend? Oh, on Facebook? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> but, but you are on you. Oh, absolutely. In terms of information, I'm one of those that eats up things. I could tell you exactly what ISIS is and what it's all about, and I read that stuff daily. I'm afraid I'm probably in the 1%. I think if you ask anybody in America... Are you a geek or a nerd? Absolutely. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, and my, 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 I just want my children to say <laughs> I am. Yep. My, my kids would say I'm a nutcase for following this stuff, but I'm saying this is what matters. I mean, we're all missing a football game today, and I say who cares? You know? This is what matters. You know, and, and for me, trying to talk to people, and it's a matter of awareness, I get a, I get a lot of wall. Um, you, you know, people going, you, you know, fine, ISIS, whatever, whatever that is, I, I, I don't care. In terms of reaching people here in America to change hearts and minds, you've spoken to people in America. What's the number one way that you have turned somebody to go, to really consider it and go, oh yeah, this is something I should be invested in? What's, what's the most effective way that you've had of, of reaching people to, to truly reach out and help? Speaking to them in church. and asking them, what are they going to do? How will they stand with us? We are not a million miles away from you. We're a long way, but we are one. If you have a common faith, it's a lot easier. If you don't, then it's difficult. John, well, let's go to John and then we'll come to Tamara. Okay, I'm John Woodbury. My question is uh, looking historically at the in participation that the U.S. and its allies did with the war to kick Saddam Hussein out of power, it appears that uh, they maybe had the mistaken notion that after that was accomplished, a government on a Western model could somehow be established that would provide peace, prosperity, respect for individual rights. My question they thought they were introducing democracy, right. and democracy, Western style, does not work. What we need is benevolent dictatorship. You anticipated my question, <laughs> which is, if the troops go back and destroy the power of ISIS to wreck the havoc that it has done, what kind of structure would be, uh, would you recommend to present a form of peace that would have respect for individual rights, including religious rights? We need a strong, dynamic, charismatic leader. Not just Shia, but Shia, Sunni, and other. We need a coalition of a Shia, a Sunni, and a Christian.
then we could begin to move forward. I'm extremely I per sorry. sorry. Please. I personally think <coughs> that we would be better off with one of the Ayatollahs taking ultimate authority. Ayatollah Hussein al-Sadr, one of Sistani's people, Shia. Whenever you think of Shia, you think of Shia militia like Hezbollah. The Shia are our best friends. They care for us. They work with us. Before I came over here a few days ago, the Ayatollah, the Grand Ayatollah of Baghdad, he sat me down in his room and he said, Andrew, I need you. I need God with me. I need you with me. Will you help me? He said, I know you know God. I know you love God. I love God so much. Can we do it together? I said, yes, but I'm not the president. You're nearer to being president than I am. But I'm with you. So we need dynamic leadership and intelligent leadership. Um, you had said you get the most support when you go to churches. And I'm assuming that's because it moves from an abstract something happening across the world to our Christian brothers and sisters. And just like when Ebola came here, now we're concerned about it before we were concerned. It was in Africa. It was a long ways away. But Christians aren't the only people being killed in Iraq, correct? What, what are the other... Who else is ISIS targeting and who else should our heart be beating for besides just our brothers and sisters? They're targeting anybody who doesn't like them, including Muslims. So it's not even just Christians. It's Muslims. <coughs> they are targeting Shia, but it's also Sunni, Yazidi, Mandian. Shabak, everybody. But their key enemy is the Christians and the Yazidis. The Yazidis are those who've been ousted from the north and the mountains. The Yazidis, they worship on Tuesday morning. And they look at the sun. They are more similar to the Farsis in Iran. Do you know about the Zoroastrians? Now, in Iraq, they are called generally devil worshippers. They deny that, but they say 
God is good and the devil is bad. Therefore, you must never say anything bad about the devil. Kurt? We are going to, uh, just one second. We're, okay. we're going to take one, maybe two questions, depending on how long the answer is, because we do want to give plenty of time for him to be able to sign books at the book table. Uh, and so we're going to do also do something else, which is at the end, thank you for letting him get to the book table quickly, rather than stopping him on the way, and you can go out that door and right to the table. Can I just say before Please. we go, Please. I wanted to give away a map oh. of Iraq, and usually I give it to whoever answers the question. It's a very nice map. Look, it's a silk map. And these are very good in war zones because ordinary maps, paper maps, get creased up. So you can just put this in your pocket and it'll be okay. Like that. Who'd like it? Oops. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry, I know that we have another question. Do you mind if we go on, Sandy, or do you, if you, if you really want to ask a question, if you think we need to do it, we'll do it? Okay, so this gives us just a perfect amount of time to do this. Um, thank you, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for being here. We know that you have a tiring schedule, we know that you struggle with MS, and we know that it is a big deal for you to make time out of your schedule to come and visit us. And so we want to thank you with, from the bottom of our hearts, in every way, thank you very much for meeting with us and for being here.